Hey guys, before we start this episode, I wanted to talk to you about Type 1 Lifting. So Type 1 Lifting is a clothing line that proceeds of the shirts and tanks and everything else goes to the Children's Diabetes Foundation. So um, this all came about with me and seeing a five-year-old girl in the emergency department uh, that had a new onset of diabetes. So uh, just take a look at the website. It's www type1lifting.com so just check it out if you don't buy anything that's perfectly fine uh, I would just like for you just to take a look and just see what we have so like I said before www.type1lifting.com and guys I hope you enjoy the show Alright guys, another episode of the Type 1 Lifting Podcast. This is actually a returning guest. He was on episode 16, my main man Eric. How's everything going? Hey, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me back, man. This is great. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I was, this is your, first, you're my first time second guest, first person to be a second time guest, which is, you know, grateful and obviously the knows, that knows, that means I really like you, so... Uh, I appreciate it, man. It was a great time. I, we had a great. It seems like yesterday. I know you know, you're saying it was like episode 16, and this is going to be 40. It's like wow, time time flies, especially in this kind of current thing. Yeah, where we're you know all in the same place. It almost feels like Groundhog Day. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, it's really awesome to be back, man. I had a great time, and uh, it's always nice to do something like this where it's like you know spreading positivity and good information. So. Yeah. So when when we first did the interview, it was like almost like pre it was not pre-covid but it was like just in the beginning phases i believe so and you were talking about like you know your personal training business and stuff like that you were like riding your bike everywhere just to do one-on-ones and stuff so how is now like how what is it like now as you're being a personal trainer yeah that's so interesting um wow it almost seems like a different life to be honest because my entire business now is online like i have not met with a person with anyone in person to train them since early March. So what's that? Eight months, yeah. eight and a half months. That's wild. Um, yeah, my whole business is online. I, I work primarily one-on-one, but I have a 90 day program. Might've talked about that in the first one too, yeah. where I was kind of starting that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I created a, like a 90 day program for people to work with me um, that if they didn't, couldn't afford one-on-one or didn't want to do one-on-one, didn't have the time, whatever the reason, um, it was a little bit more, you could do it on your own time. Like I would meet with them twice a month for, uh, for an hour and then develop a program for them, create specific videos and then send them videos. And then I would do like a live 25 minute hit thing for everyone in the program once a week and have like a weekly check-in to kind of tweak things as they go to go along with like, um, a diet plan that I would do through like a Google sheet and kind of tweak that with them. And we would you know, meet up once a week and check in and see how's that going and and make the, you know, tweaks to the process or the mindset or whatever the goals were for the next week and kind of continue like that. And that's been good. So the combination of that and working one-on-one is, is going well business-wise. It's a little strange because I'm far less active than I used to be, you know, like I used to ride my bike, like you said, constantly between clients. Like I would log probably two to three hours a day on my bike. (laughs) And I remember having like 
18,000 steps on day, a day on average, even days when I was taking the train. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of wild because I'm definitely not getting that many steps in. And while I do ride my bike, it's probably going to be hindered now because of the winter. But while I have been riding my bike, it's definitely not as much. Yeah. I mean, if I go out for like a 30 minute ride, that's, I feel good now. Whereas that would have been like, you know, a fifth of Mm -hmm. what I would do normally. So I'm still getting my regular workouts in and everything, but it's definitely less activity. Yeah. uh, Even for me now, um, let alone my clients. So I just think that's just kind of what's going around, but yeah, business wise, it's good. It's just about, you know, getting creative and adapting to the times, I guess. Yeah. So when you were starting to do online stuff, like what, what programs or like, what was the switch that made you just say, Hey, you know, I know, cause I know we talked about this earlier about you trying to do online, but like, when was the switch that you made? We're like, okay, this, this has to happen or like something's going to happen. Well, you know, it's interesting because pre COVID, um, I was, like you said, running around the city too much, I would say. Mm-hmm. Like, I was running myself ragged. Uh, like, business was good, but I was spending five or six hours in commute every day if you just kind of put it all together, and I was exhausted. You know, I was finishing at 10, 11 o'clock at night and then getting up at 5 in the morning and, you know, do, doing that on repeat with the amount of activity and everything. It was just exhausting. So I was getting to a point even – pre-COVID where I was like, I need to do, make a shift. And so I actually started uh, investing in, I had never done anything with social media before. I'd never posted on Instagram. I'd never really posted on Facebook Mm -hmm. regularly, never marketed my business that way. Um, And I had a friend who, she was my PT manager at Equinox back in the day when I worked there. And she had, was coaching people at this point. Like she had left Equinox. Uh, I think she moved to Georgia somewhere. Uh, a smaller town. I don't remember which one it was, but she started like um, she had a brick and mortar like boot camp, mm-hmm. and then sold that and started an online coaching business and had done really well coaching uh, fitness entrepreneurs on how to bring their businesses online. And uh, I remember kind of you know on the periphery paying attention to it and everything, but I got to this point where I was like, man, I really need to kind of look into this. So I reached out to her, I think in like February, like right before everything hit. And um, I started working with her and investing in like posting online and creating this online program. And like right when COVID hit and I, you know, I'm in New York City, so everything just kind of shut down. I was like in the midst of already bringing it online. So Mm -hmm. it was really good timing. You know, I I don't think COVID was a good thing, but yeah. it was like the timing of everything kind of lined up. Like yeah. I was like, somehow, I don't think I knew that that was going to happen, but somehow wherever I was personally lined up with the fact that everything was going to be online anyway. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of, I had like a month's head start, you know, of laying it all out. So by the time everything shut down in mid-March, I had already created an online program and I had already been posting about, you know, what I was doing in fitness and my philosophy and stuff for like six weeks and so i was ready to kind of lay out the program and and it and it just kind of worked out yeah so when you started that online program did you get more and more people from like online kind of reach out to you or did you kind of like um like what was the what was like what was it like just getting more clients did you get were you get able to get any more or just the same yeah, you know, it's interesting. A lot of my clients stayed. You know, I had some clients that uh, they either moved out of the city and, and like, didn't want to meet or, 
um, some of them moved out and wanted to meet online. It kind of was weird. Like I either had some clients I wanted to meet more basically, mm-hmm. or some clients that didn't want to meet unless we could meet in person. And it, it ended up being, you know, I, overall I may have lost a couple hours, but it's pretty close um, one-on-one wise. And then I think I, I basically made up the difference and a little bit more through the online program. Um, but in terms of what was the question again? Sorry. So no, it was pretty much like about like gaining more clients or like, when did you see a switch and all that stuff? Yeah. The shift was more like that in terms of like my old clients and then the new clients, you know, it was interesting. The first post that I put out there, like literally the first post when I started like, you know, kind of just saying like, here I am and this is what I do. Mm -hmm. I got somebody that reached out to me right away and was like, Hey, I really resonated with your post. And I, it was a friend of a friend, you know, but somebody that I, you know, had known kind of on the periphery of friends. We'd hung out like once or twice, but we weren't like good friends. Yeah. We didn't hang out all the time. We just kind of knew each other um, through actually an ex-girlfriend, um, like multiple ex-girlfriends ago, like, you know, 15 years in the past. But we were Facebook friends and he just reached out and he was like, hey, saw your post that really resonated with me. I want to train with you. So I was like, cool. So I started working with him. And then like, you know, a couple more posts, a couple more weeks later, somebody else, same thing. And so I started working with people at first one-on-one just through these posts that I was doing through those first six weeks. Mm-hmm. I, I think I, I want to say, that, well, probably three or four clients reached out just through the posts, you know? And uh, so we started working together. You know, some of them were like inquir- inquiries at first and they wanted to know what I did. But then once things shut down, they wanted to meet. And yeah. so they turned into one-on-one clients and then once i laid out the program um i've done it twice i think i'm about to do a third one where like i'll lay it out online and i'll just say you know i'm starting a new round of this program here's what it is and i'll post about it and then i'll do a video about it and i do like three different kinds of posts in a row like every couple days for a week and i tend to get like a couple new people nice you know, every single time. And so it kind of like cycles through. And then those people tend to refer somebody, at least one or two people, because they had a good experience. And so it kind of just branches out that way. Yeah. So are you, are you seeing more of your people that like reaching out to you via like Facebook, Instagram, like LinkedIn, or like, what's the social media platform that you're getting the most traction on? You know, what's funny is like, I usually get the most people through Facebook which is I guess, like the more old school way. Yeah. Um, Instagram is like, I've heard that Instagram works for people. It's kind of interesting because I get different responses on both, but I haven't really, I don't know that I've even gotten a client on Instagram. I, I get interesting responses. I've had people reach out that want to like collaborate on things or like have me like represent. Yeah. Don't, do. don't, don't do those. Don't do those. They're, they're fake. So yeah, that's what I've noticed. Yeah. Like a total waste of time. Yeah. Um, they're pretty much telling, they're pretty much telling you to buy their product at a discount so you, they could promote, so you could promote it so they can get more, more people to buy in stuff. Yes. Yeah. That's what I found out. Yeah. A couple times I was like, you know what, <laughs> this would be great if it was like a, if you actually advertised me in your pictures, like, like, Hey, I'm, I'm cool to wear your t-shirt. I like your stuff and I'll, and I'll, you know, tag you and talk about your thing. But then when you put it on your site, would you do the same thing for me? No. And then I get like nothing in response. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so my wife, yeah. my wife's a social media influencer. She's got like forty two thousand followers on like Instagram, and so she gets she gets all of that stuff like all the time. Like here, like you know, promote our stuff. We'll give you a coupon code so you can buy stuff. And or I I get it, I get it too as well. It's like supplements or anything like that. And I always go on like reviews of like the company, and they're saying no, it's a scam, scam. And I'm like, I don't want to buy. Like if you really want me to promote your product, either you give it to me for free for a post or pay me. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's pretty much how it works. So, how it should yeah, work. Totally. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's kind of like this weird. I haven't really figured out how to navigate Instagram. It seems like it's beneficial if you have a lot of followers, like you were saying. Uh, you know, you, you know, you'd be surprised. Like I've heard of some people that have like ten thousand followers, and they're making more money than some people that have like a million followers. Interesting. Yeah, it's just the way they way they do it. But do you do you have like a LinkedIn account at all, or have you ever tried like getting clients through LinkedIn? You know what? I have a LinkedIn account. Um, John actually told me. John Hall was yep. actually telling me um, to do that, and uh, and I haven't I haven't invested in the time to do that yet. I'm sort of like branching out now into creating a YouTube page. Yep. And uh, and yeah, I think LinkedIn is probably on the horizon for that after that as well. But no, I haven't done that. Yeah. So they... I have an account. It's yeah. not like I don't have an account, but it's just not. I haven't spent much time figuring out how to maneuver through LinkedIn and, and you know utilize it to my advantage. Yeah, there's there's a guy I interviewed through. I met him on LinkedIn. His name's Mark Ruley, and he's he has this per, uh, company called Personal Training Biz. He pretty much uh, his whole thing is about keeping your clients for a long period of time and like and having them stick with you. So he's all about LinkedIn. He's like because he's thinking because his his mentality his theory is you have business professionals on this and they're always busy and they're like don't have the time to go on Facebook or whatever and you have people on Instagram that are mainly like the the age bracket from that so like people in their 20s like people in their 20s don't pay for personal training memberships but you have Facebook that's like a little bit older that's kind of getting into like the little bit older generation but he thinks that LinkedIn's probably the best way to go cuz you can actually get those professional people that actually have money that can use personal training that makes a lot of sense it makes a lot of sense. I mean, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think you kind of hit it on the head. You have to be able to hit the demographic that can afford personal training. Mm -hmm. Like the younger people tend to like, I think Instagram is interesting because if you have like a cool picture, you get a lot of hits. But like you said, it's probably a very, a much younger demographic. Um, I, I do a, a, a class, like a, like a hit class, like I said, with my, um, my my program and sometimes i'll invite like you know friends because i i'm also an actor and a writer yep. and uh and i'll invite some friends that maybe couldn't afford personal training to do it and they'll you know pay me uh you know a little bit of money to do it but it's not really about the profit it's more about just kind of giving them an opportunity to, to like take a class and uh and to see them and stuff so anyway i i open that up to them you know on a weekly basis to come in and join the class and most of them I communicate with them via Instagram and they're younger. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And and I think that's kind of like what it is. If I was going to do like group classes and charge a, a lesser rate and that was my business, I think Instagram could be probably really useful. But if it's uh, mostly one-on-one -on -one and it's, and it's more about a personalized experience and the price is going to be higher, I don't know that it, really makes a lot of sense. Yeah, exactly. So, me, you know? yeah. So when you, when you produce your content, so do you have like a set like 
you know, Monday I'll do this, Tuesday I'll do this. Like, what, what, what's your like, you know, thoughts on like social media and how to promote your whole brand? Oh, that's interesting. Um, well, mine is my brand is inspired exercise NYC. I don't know. If there's really a right answer, and I don't know that I'm really a hundred percent of an expert at this. But I'll tell you what I do. You know, like. Um, Mine is inspired exercise NYC, so I really, I really believe in finding a way to make it fun. Like mm-hmm. everything, like I, I don't think that just doing the right thing is really going to make you want to do it long term. Kind of in the same way that you were saying, like marketing yourself to clients that are going to be able to pay for it long term. Like money is part of that, but also I think when you talk about if you're actually the person is actually going to be able to do it long term, it has to be somewhat enjoyable. Yeah. Like if, if it's not an enjoyable experience and it's torture, unless you're like a masochist, you're not going to want to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's why most people don't. So, so you got to find a way to make the exercise experience enjoyable. You got to find a way to make eating healthy, enjoyable, and you got to find a way to make that balance between work and play kind of like work mm-hmm. for that particular person. Um, and that's really a lot of what I do. So I try to focus on, you know, creating at least one video, maybe two videos a week that are live where I'm like, you know, showing people how to do something, um, whether it's inspiring them with like a new way of looking at something or, you know, a, a mindset approach or whatever I'm focusing on that week. Um, I'll do that once or twice a week uh, with a live video. And then I try to take pictures, you know, I'm trying to figure out through Instagram, like what are good ways of, you know, taking pictures that make it more inspiring, but kind of with that bent on like, here's how you can incorporate exercise in this way to make it more fun or more enjoyable or, you know, easier, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'll put, I'll kind of post like pictures probably of exercise related pictures three or four times a week. I'll do videos one or two times a week. And then. I also try to put like at least one post a week that has to do with nutrition, even though nutrition is really more important than just like that one seventh of it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people look to me for the exercise component because I'm not a nutritionist, even though I do a lot of, you know, work on dieting and stuff. Yeah. But I definitely try to at least incorporate that once a week so that people know I do that. And also, you know, I have my perspective on fitness or on nutrition, which is more about yeah, you want to have the right components and you want to have, you know, a way of eating that works scientifically, but it has to be something that you enjoy. Yeah. And I kind of just try to hit that at least once a week where it's like, you know, here's a healthy meal that's delicious, you know, and I'm excited about eating this. It's not like eating cardboard because I know it's good for me, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, with, with your YouTube, with the YouTube channel, you, you're kicking that off. So when is that going to officially come out? Uh, that's a good question. I literally was working on it last night. I was designing my page. Uh, <laughs> I'm laughing because this is definitely not my forte. But I'm like, I, I put together, uh, I put my logo and all the, that stuff on there. And I was just kind of thinking of a strategy for how often to post on on YouTube. So I don't know if you do this or not, but I'm trying to think about that. Like, do I want to do it on a weekly basis? Or, you know, someone was telling me that some people post on YouTube videos like once a month. They just have like a higher production value and they, they spend more time on each video. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of strategizing that and thinking about how to do it because I have a lot of videos that I've created that are just kind of like sitting there that I could start putting out or I could, you know, really invest some time in putting together, you know, a really well produced video and put it out once a month. Yeah. You know, that goes. So 
I'm still not 100% sure what I'm going to do, but definitely I'll have a video up there at least in the next month. Yeah. And I may have multiple depending on what the strategy is. I mean, I'm kind of leaning towards putting out some of the stuff I already have just to get started and then like see what resonates. And then once I kind of start to see what people are gravitating towards, I can put together, you know, a nicely produced video on that. Yeah. When I'm kind of leaning towards, but we'll see. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you know what you could do? You could just like start posting like once, like once every other week or something. Like this is this is what I'm thinking for you. So like maybe post like right. every, like once every two weeks, and then go on your Instagram stories and be like, "Hey, did you see my last video? What do you think?" Or like, or even go on your stories and be like, "Hey, you know, okay, I'm thinking about doing this this month. Like, what 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 are you what other you know categories do you want me to do?" And you can have like that list of four and be like, "Oh, okay, you could do like nutrition." different movements, you know, like mindset or, or whatever, you whatever you want. So, I mean, that, that can be an option too. So at least when you actually have, like, you want to produce content for YouTube, you could actually use what your, your people, your followers are already wanting. And so they can start watching. Oh, I love that. That's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. That's what I should do. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I try to do that with my t-shirt company. So it's like, you know, I'm trying. That's that's one of the problems. This just time for me. It's it's like I work two two full time jobs almost, and then I have to my t shirt company, then try to work out, then you know family and like all that stuff. But in like trying to post stuff, it's it's super hard. Even posting stories too. It's just like, all right, you know, I I got to do something because I haven't done anything yet. So you know, it's 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 hard for me to try to produce stuff. So yeah, I'm with you. That's kind of how I am too. I'm just sort of like what. What do I need to do to continue to kind of grow my business at a rate that also allows me to maintain my quality of life and, and keep kind of doing the other stuff that I love? Yeah. You know, yeah. kind of keeping it all in balance. And that's really kind of, you hit it on the head. I'm, I'm, I have different things, but it's the same thing. Yeah. You know? No, I hear you. I, I'm, I need to start making, like, I, have, I got this huge whiteboard over my, on the left hand side of me, and it's, I'm thinking about, like, okay, I need to produce something for, like, LinkedIn, or like, I just need to have, like, a, calendar so i look at it be like oh okay and at least like spend nine minutes on linkedin commenting or even facebook like co like commenting on people's stuff so people can actually get recognized because you know when i do stories and i tag people on it and they post it on their stories that's how i get more of the followers and stuff but you know i've, I've realized followers don't equal sales so i just need to work on getting the sales stuff done so and see what happens yeah 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 totally man it yeah. is interesting like the because I don't have a ton of followers, but then it's like a lot of times the people that follow me like want to work, you know, especially mm -hmm. on Facebook, mm -hmm. which is interesting. So I don't know. I think you're hitting it on the head and like it's like somehow connecting with the right people. Yeah. Yep. Which kind of goes back to your LinkedIn thing. Yeah, exactly. I, I would I would really stump, start pumping that LinkedIn thing. So and I'll, yeah, and I'll, I'll connect. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll connect with you and I'll just show I'll I'll. I'll like I'll hit you up later with like all the stuff that I, people that I follow and stuff like that. So that would be great because I'd love to see like just how you created your page and what you do to maintain it because that's like a whole new, you know. Yeah, thing. yeah. It's it's I've watched a bunch of YouTube videos. You know, who needs college anymore? You just got YouTube, so just pretty much just watch <laughs> everything. It's <laughs> so funny. It's not even. You're right. You're right. I don't even think about it because I didn't. I think it's because I just didn't grow up in that generation. You know, we didn't have google and all that until yep. like way into like my late 20s so it's not my fallback but yeah you could just google anything 
Yeah. Like, literally, I remember in high school, like, Netscape came out, and it was, like, the dial-up, like, internet. And I was like, oh, this thing's cool. Like, AOL popped up. And I'm like, I'm definitely telling my age. Like, we never, like, I didn't have the internet till like, high school, pretty much. And I'm like, what is this? And then it just took, took forever to, like, load and all that stuff. And, yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, like, I went to business school, and I didn't actually have to use email in school until my senior year of college. Yeah, I think I was like a junior in college when I finally had to get an email account. Yeah, it's yeah, wild. yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> but uh, since you're living in New York and like all this like pandemic crap is going on and like everything's shutting down, you know, first of all, I just want to ask like how how are you holding up with all of this stuff going on and you know what are you doing to kind of help you know not get depressed or anything. Yeah, man. Uh, that's a good question. It's, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, like for me, I've been pretty conservative about, you know, how I've been going out since the beginning. Yeah. Um, you know, like both my, my mom and my sister are nurses. And so they have like given me like their point of view from the beginning, which is much more conservative. Like, you know, they don't really know. Yeah. We have a lot more information now and everything, but you know, COVID is in the communities and they kind of have predicted everything that was going to happen before it happened. So I sort of listened to them and they're like, you know, it's being put out there in a lot of different ways. And yes, definitely different people have different comfort levels, but you never know how it's going to affect you. Yeah. And, and you know, this isn't going to be a forever thing. You know, they're going to eventually find a vaccine. So it's not really worth risking your life or other people's lives for like a year and a half if you can maintain your business, you know? Mm -hmm. And you don't have to do anything. So I've kind of been pretty conservative from the beginning. Um, and I've been fortunate enough to be able to do that because I haven't had to like go out to continue my business. Um, but anyway, that being said, it's still hard. Like it's not, I mean, there's no real bo you know, way around it. Like staying in a small New York city apartment where you're not getting a ton of light, you don't have a lot of space. Um, and being inside most of the time, it's it's it kind of like grates on your you know your psyche, yeah. especially more than anything. And I think the combination of that with also you know not having as much activity and sitting in front of a computer all day, um, it's it's hard. It's hard to deal with. Like you ha you really have to be proactive about in, in you know finding ways to include exercise, finding ways to like you know, meditate. I've been meditating more. I've been mm -hmm. doing more yoga. I've been doing more like shorter workouts. I've been doing more walks around, you know, that haven't been functional. Like before I didn't have to think about doing a lot of this stuff because I would always be at the gym and it was easy to get into the gym and work out. I would be walking or biking from client to client. So I didn't have to think about really yeah. doing a lot of extra walking or biking or whatever. Now everything's kind of extra because I got to like either be on the computer then I have to leave the computer to do this stuff consciously. You know yeah, what I mean? Which yeah. seems easier than it is because you get – it's like designed. I don't know if you saw that movie, The Social Dilemma. I I've, I saw like bits and pieces of it. I didn't see the whole thing though. It's interesting because yeah. it's like all of social media is created to sort of like keep you looking at the screen. Mm -hmm. And you just go down the rabbit hole. And I don't know. I find myself doing it. Like I've been – the guy that goes down the rabbit hole of this, that, or the other thing, whether it's something that I'm interested in, like, you know, fitness, um, or sports, or I'm looking at politics or whatever, I'm getting sucked down the rabbit hole. And yep. I'm like, damn, like, am 
my two hour break is now gone. Yeah, you know? pretty much. Right. Yeah. Yep. I mean, so, I, I get that time too, like where I just fall down, especially like, cause I have, I have a TikTok account. And so like, it's just like literally like 30 seconds up, 30 seconds up, like swipe up. And it's just like, wait, I just went through 15 minutes just sitting there doing nothing. And then like, like I'm trying to kind of stay away from Facebook because it's like so, so toxic. We're just like this people like spewing, like, you know, all this garbage and stuff. And I'm like, I can't, I, I can't deal with this anymore. Like I'll, I'll post on like my like type one lifting page, but like, I really won't go on Facebook that much anymore just to, cause I don't want to see all the bad stuff. Like even Twitter's getting to be like at that point. And unfortunately LinkedIn, it's supposed to be a business like account, but that's turning more like political and like all this garbage and people just posting these random videos. It's just like, what does this have to do with business? Like right. absolutely nothing. So yeah, man. I mean, that's that's the reality. And I, I guess like the positive side of that is, is that I, I, you know, we both we're both, you know, fitness people. And we sounds like we both kind of fallen victims to this thing, too. And like, for me, I've kind of gone down the rabbit hole, like, I'll admit it. And my lifestyle has changed. So like, it's really forced me to be more conscious. Yeah. And like, in and put an emphasis on I'm going to get up every morning. I'm not going to turn on the social media. I'm going to have my coffee, have some time. If I'm going to read a book for like 30 minutes or just sit there and like give myself some free time to kind of just think mm -hmm. or just, you know, be in the silence yep. of being up by myself. I, I meditate for 10 to 15 minutes. And then if I, if I have time, I'll work out. If not, I'll, you know, usually I have a client early in the morning, so I'll start work. But starting the day like that really gives me a chance to kind of get in touch with myself, to to feel grounded and to feel like I have a sense of purpose. And then I'll get started with work. And, and then like during my break, it just kind of gives me that momentum of feeling more excited about going to work, feeling more excited about working with my clients. And then I can take that into like my break, which is when I usually like work out and I, you know, I have to literally take the computer and close it like yep. that little things like that where I'm like, okay, like I'll even write it in my schedule. I started writing it in my schedule. Okay. Close the computer at three o'clock after my two o'clock appointment from three to five, I'm walking outside, you know, like you have to do things to get yourself to change the habit. Like, you know, even if that means at, at three o'clock, I close the computer, I walk outside, go for a walk around the block or go for a jog to warm up, come back to the apartment because I'm not really going to the gym. Yeah. Um, but I have like it all set up in my apartment um, and I'll start my workout and then I'll get my workout in, you know, and, it, and it's like I've had to do that to change my habit patterns. Mm -hmm. I never had to think about closing the computer. I never had to think about going for a walk around the block before I started my workout. But like if I don't think about doing that, then it's very likely, like you said, I'm going to get caught down the wormhole of whatever social media and pretty soon 30 minutes have gone by and now I only have 45 minutes for my workout. And I know for me, I want to work out for an hour and a half. Yep. I'm like, I don't have enough time. Yeah. I don't have enough time. So now I'm just going to do a half-assed workout. I get frustrated and uh, sometimes I don't even do it or other times I do half of it and it doesn't give me the same benefit that I'd like. Yep, And it's frustrating. So mm -hmm. it's like, you really have to, I find you really have to kind of like plan it. And now I've kind of created uh, a habit, you know, it's, it's been like months of doing that. So now it's easier. Like yeah. I don't have to think about closing the computer, but I had to do that for a while. I don't have to think about necessarily going out for that walk anymore. 
now I know like I'm going to get up, have my alone time, my meditation time. And then midday, I'm going to have my workout, you know, and then maybe I'll do some yoga or some stretching later on or listen to a podcast. But I've had to consciously kind of like do that because I was, I personally was falling down that like politics wormhole. Um, and, uh, and I had to really consciously come up with a plan to get out of it yeah. and change it into something else. Yep. Yeah, it's it's crazy because you know I never like I'm not I'm not talking about politics, but like I used to like not even give a damn about like what's going on because I know for me I was getting paid the same, I was still I had a job, like I didn't really care, and and for some reason like it all started coming in, and I'm like like what the hell am I doing? You know, like why can't I go back to where where I just didn't really care about the politics and just worried about myself. And like, it's every day I'm like, Oh, there's a video about something. Oh, okay. I'll watch it. I'm like this. Damn it. Like I can't do this anymore. So it's, I need to, I need to just like, just try to focus like on not watching these videos or just looking at anything and just like grind because I mean, I had, I have an ebook that I'm trying to get out. Uh, hopefully this, this weekend or next weekend, we'll see what happens. But I've been kind of like, putting it on the back burner and everything so but it's just That's like cool. it's frustrating because it's like i, I want to learn how to do this and like and get something out but it's like it's struggling because i instead of watching that that video or whatever i could have used that to learn how to put you know make an ebook better and put like links on it or you know or just get ideas on like how to make your ebook a lot better instead of wasting 10 minutes on that crap right yeah, totally, man. And that's exactly it. Yeah. It's like, what are the things that you really want to focus on and then prioritize that and create a plan for how to prioritize that? I mean, that's that's basically this. I mean, we're in the same boat. I mean, I guess New York and Georgia are a little different in terms of like, you know, what's going on, but it's the same thing. Yeah. I mean, the gym, the gyms are the gyms are open down here. Like you can all like if you go into a building, just wear a mask. Like if you're outside, you don't need to wear a mask, just like social distance. And I haven't been to the gym probably in a like maybe a month maybe roughly like i've been working out in my basement at night from like 8 p.m to 10 so awesome and so i mean granted it's like i used to do it like super early in the morning training at the going to the gym at like 5 30 in the morning and training and I, I felt like i got a better workout in the morning when i was like fasted i didn't have like anything in my in my system or whatnot like the last time i ate something it was probably be like seven o'clock in the at night and i'm like sleeping all the way to like you know 4 30 get up at 5 30 like just go to the gym be there at 5 30 train and then go to work but it's just like now with like the whole second wave coming it's like i'm not i don't want to risk it you know so but there's like yeah, totally. this statistics supposedly with like people working out in the gym and they're like less likely to get it i'm like i don't like this is a whole new concept of like you know this disease so i'm like i don't want to really risk it so yeah I'm, I'm in the same boat as you man yeah. I, I don't feel comfortable with that either it, it's not as cool going to the gym i mean i love i'm a gym rat as well mm -hmm. and, and hey i miss it as much as is is you and everyone else but uh i don't know i just think there's other options yeah like you said you work out in the in your basement i mean i live in a you know relatively small new york city <laughs> apartment and i have like a climbing machine and a bench that i could throw in my closet and dumbbells and bands trx like you could do pretty much everything you could do in the gym yeah in, the, in a space that you could fit a yoga mat yep definitely you really want to definitely so, and, I, and i do want to talk about the climbing machine that you got so 
Yeah. Do you? How do you? Do you really like that? Like what? Like what is? What do you think you get the most out of that? Um, I mean, what I get out of it is just like being able to do a cardio inside. Yeah. Okay. Um, First and foremost, but in terms of like the movement, I found that. Excuse me. um, When I sitting in front of the computer all day, no matter how hard I try to sit up, no matter how hard I try to work on my posture, and I do, and my posture isn't like bad; it's pretty good. But you just, I just think just sitting for that long creates a rigidness. Yep. Like I just have, I just feel tighter. Yeah. Feel as loose and limber as I did when I was like running around all the time, and uh, doing the climbing motion where you're like you know moving up and down, particularly like in my traps. And in my shoulders, I was developing a lot of tension in that area throughout quarantine. No matter how much I stretched, no matter how much I used the Theragun, you know, it would it would keep it okay. Yeah, like I wasn't injuring myself, but it was more tense than usual, and it was, and I would notice it. And uh, once I started using the climber and like really started working these you know up down plane of motion without a lot of resistance. I was like, oh, wow, every time I do this, it starts to loosen up. And now my shoulders feel great. Awesome. So in terms of range of motion, it's been awesome. Cool. And then the cardio aspect of it is pretty challenging. Yeah. Uh, it's more challenging than I thought it would be. You know, at first I was, I think the first time I did it, like now I'm up to like, I'll do intervals for like 25 or 30 minutes. But like in the beginning, I did it for five or six minutes. And I was like, holy shit, dude, this is a real workout. <laughs> like, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. It's no joke. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I've I've seen it at gyms. I've never used it before. I've always, I don't know why I've never tried out tried it out. But it's just like it's always something that like if I see something new, it's almost like you know it's a nice shiny toy. It's like ooh, well, what what is this? You know, I definitely want to try this yeah. out. So, but yeah, I mean, I that's I I have a couple things I want to get in my gym. So, but that's maybe that's probably like the last on my list. But there's a couple things I really want to get just to like burn my lungs the whole time. And I think that that could be one, but. I want to get an assault bike first before I even get that. Oh, cool. So, yeah, like the big-ass fan. Yeah, I love the fan bike. I mean, I actually was looking at one of those, but I just don't have space. That's yeah. a little too much for my space. That, and it's way, and it, that's really noisy, too. Oh, is it? Yeah. I guess I never think about it because I've only used them at the gym. Yeah, <laughs> they're they're really – I don't think about it so much noise at that point. But, yeah, they're yeah. really noisy. But uh, I know we talked before the podcast started about, like, you know, phases of people training – so, you know, I kind of want to de- like dive deep into that with, especially with like all COVID and a lot of people are like the second wave's coming. So they have to like stay at home and, you know, they may get a phase of like probably not working out, but, you know, just, I kind of want to, you know, talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, man, for sure. Um, yeah, I guess kind of going back to what we were just saying, like I- I've noticed that a lot of people, um, including myself, kind of, I-, I threw myself under the bus there, put myself in that category is that we're sitting in front of the computer more there's more tension i've noticed that a lot of people have reached out to me especially on my posts um wanting to know about what to do for lower back pain hip pain hip tension lower back tension and it's not like that has you know not didn't exist before that's been something that's mm-hmm. existed for a while especially in this age of they you don't know, be on the computer and, and on the phone it's just you know gotten worse because people are, are on their phone and on their computer even more than they were pre-covid and are sitting even more like even my clients that that work in an office who are sitting most of the time anyway they talk about how they notice the difference because they're not getting in an elevator after a meeting and going up to another floor and walking across the floor in between meetings they're just sitting at this desk 
and they're meeting after meeting after meeting and they don't even have time to eat. Mm -hmm. So it's like they're working even harder and they're sitting even longer and they don't have any breaks. And that's taking a toll on them because their hips and their back are even tighter than they were and they were tight before COVID. So how do you deal with all that stuff? And a lot of people are, you know, they're continuing to exercise and keep it up, but maybe they're not making up for that difference. You know, like maybe they need to do more stretching. Maybe they need to do more, but they're not. They're yeah. just trying to stay above water because like you said, there's so much in everyone's plate. And what I even, and what I'm finding also is a lot of people because of that pressure, they're just stopping. And, and that's a real danger. I think at this point in time, because this time of year, a lot of people stop exercising anyway. Mm -hmm. you, know, you have the holidays coming up in some parts of the country, it's cold. So there's just a lot of, you know, a lot more in the way of getting to the, to work out. And now if you can't go to the gym and a lot of people associate going to the gym with the only place they can exercise or it's not worth it, or you like to go outside and, and work out like running or working out at the park, but now it's too cold. So there's like these impediments to getting it done. And then you have like the physical discomfort in your body. And I think a lot of people, even though what you really need to do when you start to have physical discomfort is to move more. And in different ways, yep. most people, the reaction is I'm going to do less. I'm going to wait for it to go away. And what really happens is it gets worse because they're not doing anything. Mm -hmm. and, um, so that being said, I think it's really important to figure out a way to keep the momentum going now. Um, and that's what I've been really wanting to you know, impress upon my clients and kind of put out there is just like different strategies for how to make it happen. And, and sort of like what we just said, like you got to set yourself up for success. Like if, if you're a type of person who knows that going to the gym is, is what you think of and that's the only way you can work out or running or whatever it is and that, that you associate with, this is the way I like to work out. If that's not going to be available to you, you got to figure out a backup plan. Mm -hmm. You got to figure out a way to get creative, to find a way to continue to move and to exercise in a way that may not be your first option, but it's a heck of a lot better than doing nothing. And there's a lot of options out there that are actually pretty great. And you can get really creative if you open your mind to it. Like that's something that I think is really important is if, if you really take the time to hover over a situation and think about it, you will come up with a great solution eventually. Yeah. But if you give yourself an excuse not to, which is what we do 99% of the time, yep. then you won't do anything. And you'll just complain about how you can't do the thing that you want to do. But that's, you know, we're problem solvers. I mean, that's why we're, you know, that's what makes us human. It's one of the things that distinguishes us, you know, from most other species is that our ability to problem solve. And so I, I really think I'm a big believer in, hey, let's look at this situation for what it is, acknowledge that there's going to be more impediments than usual. And now how do we creatively find a solution? And it's going to be different for everyone. But like I said, like for me personally, like I live in a small apartment. A lot of the people that I, that I work with, they may live in bigger places, but they live in New York city, a lot of them. And we have to figure out a way to incorporate exercise. And so, you know, I've kind of coached my clients into doing similar things, you know, getting a piece of cardio equipment that's convenient, that folds up, that you can, you know, it's not going to take up a lot of space yep. but that it's effective you know, getting a workout bench, maybe some adjustable dumbbells or kettlebells that you can put into a closet when you're not using them, a TRX, some exercise bands. And you have all this equipment that you basically, you could have everything that you use at a gym that you could fit in like a little box, you know? 
and you just take it out for your workout yep. and then you put it away when you're done. And it's like, it's not even there. And that's, what's so great about the technology that we have now is there's amazing equipment that you can get that doesn't take up a lot of space. Yep. Absolutely. So, so you know, it's like, I, I think that's really the number one thing is to set yourself up for success, give yourself everything that you need to get the workout that you want in. And then once you, once you have that option, it kind of makes it a path of least resistance. It makes it a lot easier. There's the convenience aspect. And what I found is that once you do that, it actually makes it a lot easier. It seems like, oh, I don't want to work out at home. But what I've noticed with my clients is that like, they're like, you know what? I thought this was going to be difficult, but actually it's a lot more convenient. Yeah. Like, I don't have that 15 to 20 minute walk or ride to the gym back and forth. So I'm saving myself 40 minutes and I'm getting the workout in, it actually is a lot more efficient and I have some more time for myself in between. Yep. So like I found that people actually like it better, which kind of gets me to my next point is I think we have to realize that as humans, we derive comfort from our habit patterns, whether they're positive or negative. We don't like to change. And I think we have to acknowledge that about ourselves, particularly in a time like this, because we're going to be forced to change if we want to continue to progress. Mm. And if you want to progress in a positive way, you've got to acknowledge that what you're doing right now, even if it's positive, it may, may not work for the time that we're in. And it's you're habitually not going to want to do it. You're not going to want to change, but you have to. And, and I think that's something that has to be acknowledged because if you don't, you're just going to keep beat, you know, you're going to keep banging your head against the wall and trying to do the same thing and it's not going to work. Yep. You know, but if you set yourself up for success and you have, you know, everything that you need at your fingertips right in front of you, it's going to make it easier. And then there's other strategies that I've found work, you know, whether it's, you could hire a personal trainer, obviously that's what I do, you know, and I help people stay accountable because they have an appointment with me to show up to. But even if you don't want to pay for a trainer or you don't have money to pay for a trainer, there's other ways. I mean, I spend a lot of my time coaching people who have a hard time staying up with exercise to do it first thing in the morning. Like you said, you know, it's it's a lot easier to start your day doing a little something than it is to I think I think most people have time to exercise. Yep. But what they do is they procrastinate and then before you know it, it's ten or eleven o'clock at night. Yep. And you're like, I think I'll have a glass of wine and go to bed instead. <laughs> and, and, I, and I think what you gotta do is you gotta, you know, change that and create a new habit pattern. Yep. And I find the easiest thing is you get somebody to get up a little earlier or to change what they do when they get up. Maybe it doesn't require you to get up earlier, but instead of getting on social media or turning on the TV, you just meditate for five minutes and do a 15 or 20 minute jog or a 15 or 20 minute hit workout. And you get into that habit of incorporating exercise into your life on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And then once that habit has started, like once you've done that for three or four weeks, you start to become essentially addicted or in the habit pattern of, of having to do that every day because you start to feel those endorphins you start to have that optimism and that that great mindset that comes from exercise. It's like a physiological response to regular exercise, and you get used to it, and that becomes your habit. Then you can start to build on it, and yeah. you can start to do things in a more specific way that are even better for you. Yep. But you have to build the habit first, yeah. and I think that's an important part of progressing now, especially with the COVID rates rising, especially with this fatigue that we all have in dealing with the situation. There's going to be, it's going to be really easy to lean back on eating too much, 
drinking too much, you know, sitting in front of the TV, getting sucked into social media, and your diet, your sleep, your exercise is all going to suffer, and you're going to inevitably, in the long term, feel like crap. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, so, definitely. Have you ever heard? Have you heard of the one-two-three method? No, what is it? So supposedly, so, so someone told me about this. I'm not quite sure. I might, I may butcher it. So forgive me all to all the listeners. So it's it's pretty much like if you're lying on the couch and you know you have to do something, you count to three. You do one, two, three, and then you get up and then you go do it. And so, so like then you that. so you get that mentality, especially like when you're when you're in bed and you just woke up, you just wanted to like you know snooze for like five more minutes, just say no, like one, two, three, get up, and so you just you pretty much just get up. I like that, man. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, that's like kind of that's basically a lot of what I do with my clients is little techniques like that. You know, to try to get someone to basically get off the couch or get out of bed and do something. Like uh, another thing I like to do is use music. Like Figure out everybody likes some kind of upbeat music, yep. whatever genre it is. Put on your favorite song that's, you know, an upbeat version of whatever song that you like or whatever type of music you like. Put it on, you know, high, raise the volume and then see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Like you can't stop yourself from getting up. You're yeah. Not gonna, you know what I mean? And I, and I think almost like take it to another level. If you're somebody that likes to dance, like put on some music that you like to dance to turn it on and start dancing. Just start moving. I did kind of like a, a fun uh, video like that. You just start moving in the chair, you know? You're on the couch, turn on the music, you start moving in the couch. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're sitting up. Then you go from sitting up to standing up. Pretty soon you're moving. Then once you start moving, you go right into jumping jacks, and you go right into squats, and <laughs> you start to get sick of the workout, you go back to dancing. And you allow the dancing to kind of like take you through the workout because it's enjoyable and you know you make it fun for yourself. Yeah. But then middle of it you kind of kind of get you moving and get you into the workout but yeah. that that kind of stuff is really important especially at a time like this mm -hmm. yeah because like like you said before like people just get lazy they're just like sitting there like oh i'll just wait another like 15 minutes you know watch tv because you know my pre-workout hasn't kicked in and then all of a sudden you're pre like if, if you take it and then like all of a sudden your pre-workout kicks in you're like oh, i don't feel like doing it you know i mean the one the one problem with me training at night is is if I hit a low blood sugar while I'm training, like but right before I'm training. And so like that means like the whole workout's done because I have to go get something to eat and I'm not going to work out immediately like right after I ate something because just, that's just asking for trouble. But I yeah. mean, but like obviously with that for me is like I still have the mindset be like, listen, it's just a little hiccup. Don't worry. Just, you know, you'll kill it the next day or just double it up the next day and just, you know, see what happens. Yeah, yeah, totally. But for some people, like, I, I think we've been doing this for so long and we've built up this habit pattern mm -hmm. and, and um, you know, I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like we're kind of in the same boat where it's like, we already kind of intuitive. It's not even just intellectual anymore. It's like our bodies know that if we exercise, we're going to feel better. There's like a, it's like a, it's like a, almost like an instinctive thing. Like yeah. that's what you got to do. And um, when you're in that place, you figure out ways of, of, getting creative to make it happen even when you have impediments but i think a lot of people before you kind of develop into that uh, a lot of people struggle with their response isn't to be creative and figure out a way to make it happen mm -hmm. anyway or to be positive and realize it's just a you know a speed bump in the grand scheme of things if they have one little impediment it's really easy to go oh i'm a failure i'm done and 
and that happens over and over again. You know, it's exercise isn't something that most people are being taught is important in their lives, you know, and, they, and, they, and not just in an intellectual way, but in a physical way, they're not, they don't, they're not taught it intellectually and they're not physically experiencing the benefits of it. So they don't really know. They just, Oh yeah, I'm supposed to do this is what most people will say because they don't know what it feels like when you actually do it. Yeah. And they don't, and they, and maybe they know the science behind it, but the science is only, you know, as beneficial if you do it, Mm -hmm. you know? And I, and I think since most people don't do it, they don't really get how beneficial it can be mentally, physically, spiritually, you know? So it's hard to really impress that upon them. It's hard to get them into that place. And they really never will be until they start to do it. So you got to find a way to to get them moving, get that domino effect started. Mm. So how do you, so speaking of that, so how do you get like a client that is not really doing what they're supposed to do and kind of like, you know, get them motivated to keep, keep them back on track? Like, how do you, how do you handle those situations? That's a good question. And I don't know that I really have a great answer to that. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, there's no solve all answer. To well, that. Yeah, what yeah. I would say is that every single person is different mm-hmm. and every single person has whatever their weak point is or the point that they struggle with is, is different. And in the way that they struggle with it is different. So the solution is always going to be slightly different, but I would say most of the time I start with listening to them. Because I think most people want to be heard and most people like will tell you specifically what will work for them. Yeah. Just listen to mm-hmm. them. Um, and so that's what I start with with most of my clients. I ask them what's, you know, I ask them a lot of questions, you know, to kind of get them to start talking and telling me what's, you know, going on with them. Why isn't it working? What are they struggling with? And usually you can kind of figure it out by listening to them. And also then they build a trust in you, you know, that you actually care and you actually want to hear what they have to say. And I think that's also a part of it because someone has to trust that you care. They have to trust that you know what you're doing and they have to just like, it's, it's interesting because you think exercise is like this physical thing, but I think it's a lot of psychological and it's a lot, and it's like a lot of people putting faith in you to help them Yep. and, and they have to believe in you. And I think, you listening to them is a big part of it. So I think that's the first thing. And then once I get that information, then it allows me, you know, to kind of see basically in general, sometimes very specifically, sometimes just in general, like what it is they need to focus on. And then I'll create a strategy around that. And, you know, sometimes I, I'll hit it on the head right away either because I had an instinct or because they gave me specific information mm-hmm. and I can then just be like, Oh, this is what we need to do. And it works. And sometimes I know generally what needs to improve, but I'm not a hundred percent sure how to do it. So I'll experiment and I'll tell them, I'll be like, look, I don't know. You know, this is what I think needs to change. And here's what I think based on what you're saying will work for you, but we may need to try this a couple different ways until we hit it on the head. Um, but I find being candid with my clients that way also goes a long way, you know, because sometimes you have to be willing to experiment, you know, like the light bulb didn't get created uh, the first time that, you know, they did an experiment. Yeah. <laughs> like you have to keep trying yeah. until you find the right balance for you. And I think that as long as people know that that's what they need to do and they know that you're kind of, they, they, they get that you're trying to work with them in a way that works for them. I think most people, if they're at the point where they're willing to hire you to do it, 
are willing to kind of go through that process. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. So we're getting close to the end. So, um, I've already asked, well, I've already asked you a couple of the questions, but, um, so has anything, you know, personal training wise or the programming wise changed from the first time I've talked to you to, to now? Has anything changed? You mean like in terms of like workouts or like, you know, have you done like seen a study being like, Oh, Oh, let me try this instead of this. Cause it might be more beneficial. Right. Well, I think most of my workouts, like I said, have changed. They've been more indoor. Yeah. Right. And like the resistance level of people has changed a lot. And uh, a lot of people are dealing with, like I said, with tension. Like it's a lot, it's almost across the board. Most of the people I know that I work with are, you know, like professionals and they're, they're not moving as much and they're dealing with a lot more body tension. Right. So like I've had to create more programs um, kind of going back to almost what we were going to do with the active recovery, passive recovery thing. Yeah. I've had to deal with a lot of creating um, pros for compliance between workouts more than I've ever really ever had to. You know, like we would stretch for our workouts and sometimes I would give people things to deal with their posture if they had specific issues. But now it's becoming an across the board thing where most people are dealing with posture issues. They're dealing with tension that they didn't have to deal with. So a lot of like, stretching and active recovery things like going for walks, like even like dancing in the living room, doing things where you're changing your movement patterns in between client. Like I, I coach them to do it. If they're on the, you know, the, the zoom for like eight hours a day, take a two minute break in between and dance. Yep. Just move your body, get yeah. up, move around the room. Like that can really make an enormous difference between like being in pain and being in discomfort and literally feeling comfortable in your body and having no pain is just simply doing like some sun salutations for 10 minutes before you put on the zoom in the morning and then dancing like for a minute in between each session and then putting your, putting together, you know, uh, a chair or an exercise stability ball or a situation where you're sitting in front of the computer with good posture so that you're set up with the monitor at eye level and so forth. That's the difference. And I, I find that that's something that, yeah, it was important before. Um, and it's something that I harped on before, but I think people are really seeing that um, loud and clear in their lives. Yeah. The, the importance of it because they're dealing with pain and discomfort as opposed to just like tension mm-hmm. or the aesthetic of not having good posture. Yeah. So it's, I would say that's probably the biggest difference that I'm seeing is, is that people want that and they need that more more so than ever yeah i totally agree and so last question so where can people reach out to you if they want to like any questions with personal training or actually sign up with you as a you know a client so uh yeah i have uh my email is inspired exercise nyc at gmail.com um you can follow me on instagram at inspired exercise nyc is the handle or eric patempa is my facebook so it's E-R-I-K and then P-O-T-E-M and Michael and then P-A. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for doing this again. I, I love I love having conversations with you. It's, it's always a good time. Likewise, brother. Yeah, I was looking at the clock. I was like, oh, my God, we've been talking for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, hey, I'll, I'll catch you later and I'll definitely hit you up later on for another podcast. Sounds good, man. Thanks right. so much for having me back. This was a blast. Yeah.